Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, round six review, round seven preview. This round brought to you by the switcheroo. It's a thing now for real. No, really, it is kind of brought to you by that, but also r slash fantasy MLS, a great Reddit community. Once again, uh, I'm joined by a condensed guest version today. Uh, with me, as always, is Simon. Hey, y'all. And then we have Jason, a.k.a. Antioch, from the MLS Fantasy Boss and Reddit forums what's, now. What's good, guys? And, of course, I am Reed, Dashdar, and uh, whatever else you may want to sling at me if, if my tips don't work out for you. Uh, so, guys, how did your teams do this week? It was the first double game week. Yeah, I uh, did better than the average. I got 59 points. I took a negative four. Um, but, I mean, in all in all truth, I mean, I just hope Oparo's okay, man. Like, So, Ike, if you're listening, hope you're doing good, man, and uh, get well soon. And, Ike, if you're listening, please tell people you listened, and, and we would be fantastic. Uh, I did well. I actually did not take a negative four, and I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't because my negative four would have been to have dropped Martins and picked up Kamara, and I would have been sitting with 15 more points than I had, which means I would have beat Andrew Wiebe, and I could have put a lot better of a picture on my Twitter account, something with Matt Damon and how do you like dim apples, but... It did not work out. I still I had a good week myself. I got 74 points, um, two transfers. So I didn't didn't really go heavy enough with Columbus, but I did go all in with Vancouver. So that was okay. Excuse and I will me. add at, at this point with that red card that you brought up, there was some discussion on on our fantasy MLS about red cards. And just so people remember, if you get a red card, it's an automatic negative 0.2 for your player score on top of whatever they're going to get based on their score compared to everybody else. So you can go down by 0.4 due to a red card in one round. And speaking of that, um, I, I'm just going to come out and say, anyone who's listening, I was wrong about not getting a Columbus players. I apologize if you took that advice. That was my opinion. I thought it was – logically it made sense. But, hey, if you went against what I, uh, what I thought and got the Columbus players, you're probably uh, very happy right now. So sorry about that, guys. It happens. Moving along, as always, we are available on multiple – podcast formats now yeah you can find us on stitcher on itunes on soundcloud however you like to listen best if the way you're listening at this exact moment is not what you like find us on one of those other platforms okay and give us a listen and a rating you know preferably a good rating but you know whatever works for you excellent yes we're trying to do what everyone likes if there's some other random one let us know we'll look into it free is best but i think we've got the basic ones covered so we hope everyone who wants to listen is able to and tell your friends share it get more people into the game it's, it's just more fun when we do it that way so moving on to some housekeeping tips uh travis is not here tonight so i'm going to cover some of this stuff with the disco and injuries just for some quick reminders Opara is out. If you haven't heard about that yet, he has a ruptured Achilles. Uh, I believe it's his Achilles that gave him some problems in 2013 that kept him out for a large chunk of, of 2014. So this is pretty awful to hear. Our, our definitely our, uh, our thoughts go out to him, hoping that he recovers quickly and 
no fantasy even involved as hope he recovers quickly. It's it's awful to hear things like that. So you already mentioned uh, Pedro Morales got a red card this week. Some people are hoping that the disciplinary committee comes through and overturns that. As of this recording, there had no been had not been any updates about this. So I don't know personally. I doubt it. What do you guys think? I think it'll get rescinded personally. Um, <laughs> picking up the ball or kicking it or whatever he did, I, it, was, it was quite humorous, but um, I, I think it's going to get rescinded. I really think that the that ref lost control of the game and he took that easy coward's way out and gave, you know, both red cards. But uh, um, the safe bet, obviously, you know, lineups are on uh, – our lineups in the deadline are on Thursday, so wait until Thursday to make your transfers um, just to see because, I mean, if, if it, you know – if uh, it does get rescinded, you know, that's potentially a free transfer or a negative that you're not going to have to waste. So then the only other one I want to mention on the injury side, again, they're not updated. So there are definitely going to be others. Please go to the disciplinary committee and the injuries list on the MLS main website. Check them out for the most up-to-date news. And of course, pay attention to the little red arrows. But Dempsey did not play last round as well. Two rounds ago, I heard the announcers mentioning that he was pointing to his hamstring. So this may have just been a precautionary issue for him. He might be coming back, but uh, I'd keep an eye on that as far as him. And then on everybody's mind is the U.S. men's national team call-ups. Jason, what do you know about that? Um, so really the ones that are going to be uh, pertinent to MLS, um, Aguadella from New England, uh, the striker, uh, Beckerman from RSL, Beasler from Kansas City, Bradley from Toronto, Mixed Discord from New York City FC, Evans, uh, Evans from Seattle, Omar Gonzalez from Galaxy, Bill Hamid from DC, Wynn from New England, Nick Romando, uh, RSL, Breck Shea, Orlando, Chris Wondolowski, San Jose, and Zardes, LA Galaxy. And I guess as of, uh, I believe earlier today, Perry Kitchen from DC also got added to the roster. So those are the ones that uh, are called up from MLS. But I really do think that most of these guys, since it is a local game, um, I think that they should be good to go for, uh, you know, the games this weekend as well, pending their minutes. Excellent. Yeah, it should be a great game. I uh, got to see the one right before the World Cup, U.S. versus Mexico and Columbus. So those are always great. And uh, I hope that everyone is injury-free and can come back very soon. So with that in mind, let's move on to who our player picks are, considering the second double game week coming up with these international concerns and some injuries. So guys, for the of the double game week teams, which if you don't know yet are New York City FC and Philadelphia, who do you like? I got, um, well, considering I feel like this year, um, the first couple, you know, double game weeks have just been two team double game weeks. So it's it's kind of difficult for me to play both teams. Um, but judging as of last week of what happened, um, I'm still going to go with my gut and I'm going to go with my uh, with, with David Villa. He'll be my captain this week. Um, and then I'm going to also I already have um, Jason Hernandez, the center back. And then I will be getting um, Saunders in keeper. I'm not going to be getting any Philadelphia players since Aristia Guetta um, didn't play last week. I know he got hand surgery because Opara stepped on him. White is a big question mark. Um, I just feel like even with the Philly getting the new keeper, I just feel like they're, you know, just a huge rotation risk and it's a headache. And I just, I personally don't want to deal with that. So those three players are 
my must-have players. Yeah, I am going with David Villa as my like must-have player. And I do have three union players right now, Vittoria, Letu, and Aristegueta. I don't know what his injury status is, like Jason was talking about, though. So he might get dumped. So none of you guys are feeling good about the return of, of Maidana? I know Philadelphia has been on a bit of a scoring streak recently, so you guys don't think they have goals in them? I'm just not convinced that Maidana is going to play both games, so or even start one of them. So if, if uh, I knew he was going to start, I'd be pretty much on that train, but I think it's pretty questionable. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with that as well. I mean, he's, he's been out for, what, two weeks, and with, uh, I believe it was in a, wasn't it like a, a leg injury or hamstring injury? He was hurt correct? during practice, yes. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, that just means that, you know, it could potentially flare back up. Is he is he game fit for 180 minutes, for 90 minutes? I mean, like I said, Philadelphia has so many question marks. And to me, that's transfers that I don't really want to, you know, bank on. Definitely. Now, Simon, you said you already had three Philly players on your team. I'm assuming that was for prep for the double game week. Let's throw a hypothetical at you. If you had none of them, would you be bringing any of them in? Yeah, I would consider bringing in uh, Vittoria. I don't know. We haven't seen Philadelphia take a penalty yet, have we? I don't believe so. No, not this year. The rumor is that he'll take penalties, and that's why I have Latou also, because he creates some chances, and if Vittoria doesn't take a PK, he might. Um, Crazy how few penalties have been called this season. But, yeah, I think that having a double game week player is always a good move. The more, the better, no matter kind of who they play for. Um, I wouldn't like take a bunch of negative hits to bring them in though. But neither of you are willing to mix it up with your with your choices. Pun intended. <laughs> not not me. I mean, I'm I, I'm a stubborn person, and I'm gonna stop. I'm putting all my eggs in one basket, and I'm hoping it turns out better than Vancouver last week. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we saw a lot of the single game week players do pretty well last week, and you off, off and you obviously have to have them on your team since you just can't field eight guys. So who of the single game week players do you all like? Well, my like one that you must have is Javier Morales, who you probably should have had for like the last several weeks. Um, He put up a three this week, which was bizarre, but you know, he's a home again this week against Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver's a good team, but you know, they can let in some goals. They've shown that. Um, I think that he's if you gotta have one single game week player that is a must have, it's it's gotta be Javier Morales. And for me, um I hate going against RSL, but uh Octavio Rivero, I mean that guy is just putting goals in no matter what. He's just scoring and to me he he's just a must have. You just have to have him. He's one of the only forwards consistently producing points. I believe he's leading Every everybody in scoring right now and uh, earn points. So to me, he's a must-have player. Very nice. So just after seeing, sorry, Simon, the performance that Seattle put up away last week, which was lacking, and the away performance that Colorado put up last week, are you tempted by any of those players that you don't already have? I know we all have liked the Burlings and the Hoberries that we wanted to have the cheap players, but does anybody there just interest you from a non just cheap player? Um, for me, none of, I mean, Dylan powers is always a good option, but I actually, I think that this is a bad matchup for Colorado. Um, I, I 
I thought Seattle looked great yesterday, aside from Nagel's inability to put the ball a foot in the right direction. Seattle could have won that game 4-1 to one pretty easily. What game were you watching? I was watching the one where the expected <laughs> goals for Seattle was 2 and the expected goals for LA was 1. And it, like, the, the result was not, uh, like, what the stats said should have happened. Pinedo made a bunch of amazing saves, though. You got to give him credit on Yeah, do not discount. I was going to say, do not discount him. Nah, I'm going to discount him because, like, half those saves were hit literally right into him, and he had no idea they were coming. But, uh, yeah, the other one's nice saves. I hate the LA Galaxy. So do I. So do I. Oh. Fair enough. Speaking of the LA Galaxy, I'm going to add a guy to this list that we are we all talked about before we started recording tonight, and that is Ishizaki. The guy got six points, and he did jack. He did nothing. He's eight million, and he's scoring four to six points pretty much every game, and that's a bargain. And I I can't think of a reason not to have him on your team. So he's a guy that I do like as a single game week player. This week, as long as, as well as some of the New York defenders, I think there's some options there if people want to go that way against San Jose. So some options floating around. You never know. So moving on and going through things a little, a little quick. Oh, I almost forgot. You guys touched on it some already besides David Villa, who your must haves. I know we had a couple of questions. So must haves for round seven. Oh, besides David Villa, that's a hard one. Yeah, you guys, well, you guys already called it. I- I think or is that I'm, your only one? Yeah, for me, David Villa and then Jason Hernandez. Um, his his BPs on that small field, that's what really intrigued me, and that's I actually picked him up last week. Um, he got me four points. But, I mean, he's consistently getting, you know, two to four bonus points per game. Um, he's just been fantastic. I mean, in the past three games, um, you know, four, five, seven points, Colorado, uh, Kansas City, and Philadelphia. And now he's got – two home games, one against Philly and then one against Portland. Uh, he's a BP magnet, and I think he's got a great chance of at least getting you know one to two clean sheets and a lot of bonus points. So Via and Hernandez for me. Very solid, very solid. If people don't want Hernandez, I'm also going to plug uh, Saunders because we did see from the performance Clark had last week that he was tied with a bunch of people for second highest points of the round with that one shutout and a pretty strong performance against Vancouver. So keepers can be a great asset for some pretty cheap, but yeah, I think that covers a lot of it. So if, now um, real quick, ahead. one more thing, Reed. Um, and if you guys are going to take a negative hit to bring in a player, a good option is a goalkeeper because they are pretty much guaranteed 180 minutes. And usually if you get a clean sheet, you know, that you're going to get your four points back and it's usually a good bet. So Definitely. So now question time, good amount of questions, really love all the ones and the active community members we've seen a lot of regulars. So if you guys are listening for the first time, and I know you have to be, we have a pretty decent amount of, of listens that I, that I see for the show, uh, go over to r slash fantasy MLS, post a question, hit me up on Twitter. I'm sure you can hit any of these guys up on Twitter as well. If you have questions, we'll try to get them in. We've got some good ones with some, some, uh, old school guys, but we like to see new names too. So throw them in there. Uh, we'll try to get it, get you a question on here if we if we can. So let's just start, and I guess I will go with one of our regulars, Mike Dat Tiger. Should we assume that all players who play in the U.S. Men's National Team match on Wednesday are doubtful for a full 90 minutes on Saturday? Uh, no, I, I don't think we should be doubtful about that. There's there's a pretty good amount of time between Wednesday and Saturday. These are all professional players. 
kind of it's like a double game week for them. So I, I don't think it's it's too far of a stretch that some of them will will definitely play 90 both times, especially if it's a big game. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't assume that they're doubtful at all. Um, it just depends who the player is. Like, I bet Omar Gonzalez will play for the LA Galaxy game. Um, just depends on who the player is and is worth keeping an eye out. Just, I guess, have the mindset that it's a risk. Um, but it really depends on the player. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, looking from, you know, looking at uh, the list, I mean, the only person that I could really see if they start and go full 90 would be Breck Shea, depending on where he plays, because, you know, he likes to go from end to end. He's just, just sprinting the entire time. He's got an engine that doesn't quit, but I really don't think that anybody uh, is in doubt to play the full 90, barring injury. So moving on, a Glory Man United 34, another regular, has a question. He says, lots of people have been high on Perales. For those of you who don't know, that's how we sort of abbreviate Pedro Morales. Have been high on Perales recently, including you guys on this podcast. Very true. And he's been producing solid points. Is he worth holding on to, though, through his red car suspension? Should we dump him? I say dump him, which maybe is a surprise to some of you listening. Maybe you guys hear but he's got a red card if it stands, which I think it will. He's not going to play. And that's a lot of money to have on your bench. Vancouver's playing RSL, then a home game to D.C., then away to Portland. Not the best of schedules for three games. There's Portland's pretty pretty rough team. Um, so I, I could see you being able to swap in somebody else, maybe get a little differential player in there and uh, getting some points there. So I say that if you want to bench him, that is a good, or if you want to drop him, that that is a fine option. Yeah, I think it's fine to drop him, but my plan is to wait until Thursday and see if on Thursday uh, his suspension gets overturned before the games start. And if his suspension gets overturned, I'm going to keep him because I think he's really still one of the best players in fantasy in terms of potential. Um, if it comes out that he will be suspended or that there's just no news yet, I'm going to dump him because it's too big of a risk and that money could be used better. I agree with both you guys. Um, I'm not a proponent to keeping $11 million on my bench or any money for that matter, unless it's a legitimate, you know, non-player bench spot. Um, but yeah, if he's not suspended, then I'm going to keep him. If he is suspended, I would start looking ahead towards the next double game week being Colorado or New York. And I think two viable options for that would be either getting Sam or even getting Powers. Um, either one of those guys I think are good double game week replacements for uh, game week nine. Definitely. I was really hoping we'd have some disagreement on that one. All right. The next question is from Mr. Frumble PDX. Who are the best replacements for Perales and which team, which is Pedro Morales, and which teams are least affected by the USA versus Mexico this week? Um, I just kind of alluded to the replacements for Perales. I prefer to look ahead um, to the next double game weeks coming up um, so I don't have to, you know, waste transfers. And then the teams that are least affected by USA, I mean, essentially go to um, – r slash fantasy mls um and check out the u.s men's national team roster and then kind of pick i mean there's kind of a good spread i mean obviously new england um is you know their striker and their center attacking mid aguadelo and win are both 
um, out of commission, but, you know, they may end up playing the game. So I personally don't think really any team is going to be very affected by these U.S. call-ups. Yeah, I, I agree. You you already covered my top pick for a replacement for him, which which is Sam. I think going forward, they they have a home game to San Jose this week, home game to L.A. in game week eight, and then a double game week, which starts with a home game to Colorado in game week nine. So essentially three home games in a row. That's pretty nice for a team that's doing well, and my dog is trying to jump into my lap. Uh, so I, I like them. It's unfortunate that New York and Philly – Philly has viable midfield options. New York, uh, a little bit I question about, but that there isn't a great midfielder for this double game week to gravitate to because that would be a great switch too. But maybe you've got one that's differential for yourself, but I don't know. Would you get mix? No, I would not get mix. Out of curiosity, why no mix? Why no mix? Uh, I don't think he's been performing as well as some of as something like David Villa. So he's he's just not shown me with the form that I want. A fair answer. I don't really have anything to add to this question, so I think I'm going to just move on to the next one. You guys did a good job of answering it. Um, from, and oh boy, this is a hard one. Tell Puey Lion. I'm so sorry for screwing up your name. I'm not very good at this. Uh, what is the consensus on players like Hollingshead and Villarreal? Hold or get rid as soon as possible. I have both, plus Mesquita and I really liked that midfield until this week. Now it just seems rotten. Um, yeah, I don't really like the lower-priced midfielders. I think Villarreal is going to be good again uh, once he starts starting again because of that injury that he had. Um, don't love Hollingshead. Yeah, I'd I'd put your money in some in some um, higher value midfielders if if you're able to do that. Not even like that much higher. You can get, you know, guys like Dylan Powers at a pretty cheap price, Ishizaki also. They don't have to all be the 11 million guys. There's guys with really good consistent production at reasonably low prices. Yeah, I agree. Um, I completely agree with Simon. I uh, I was never a, a big fan of the cheap guys like Hollingshead and Villarreal, even though Villarreal came out of the gates, um, you know, doing extremely well, just that, um, you know, you do get what you pay for, especially those low-tier players. I mean, Badgy is kind of an exception this year so far. I know we put one in this past game week, but, um, you know, I, I, I would invest a little more money in the midfield, as Simon said, but that's really, you know, all I have to add to that question. I'm okay with it. I, I disagree. I, I think they're okay players to have. You do run a risk if you're planning on using a switcheroo, though, because I saw several people this round – uh, in the rant thread saying that, oh my gosh, if Villarreal hadn't come in for those last three minutes or whatever it was, then I would have had this player coming off my bench with this many points. Um, so that's something to balance when you are making these choices. But they themselves are some decent switcheroo options, and they've shown to be able to produce. It's not going to be a consistent thing, but especially if you're moving some money around to your defense and, and you just want to maybe run one forward, then I, I think those are some viable options if you want to have somebody on your bench who has a s pretty good chance of getting some play time. So I think I still think they're okay. Maybe just one of them, not both. Do you have any in your lineup? Any of them? I do not, but I would like to have Hollingshead. So our next question comes from Mito21. With both games in the New York City double game being played 
in that hockey rink called Yankee Stadium. Ow, some real some real hate right there. Uh, should we be taking anything into account more than usual? For example, CBIs, recoveries, New York City players at home versus New York City's away. No, I, I like the home game. So I think your your last question there with New York City at home versus New York City away is is the best bet. They've done better at home so far. And historically with MLS performance, the home team has has done better. So I just remember I saw an article today that the baseball team up in New York has been complaining that the field feels weird now that the soccer team is playing on it. So um, maybe it's not just because of that ice rink. It's because of that soccer field that, that we should be concerned. But I, I, I like the home games, so I don't think there's anything crazier than normal that we need to consider. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly with Reed here. I don't have anything to add. That was a really good answer. Um, just looking really um, you know, back on – Jason Hernandez, the center back that I'm big on. Um, first game week, he was away at Orlando at three points, but at 14 CBIs. New England at home, eight points, 14 CBIs, exact same um, as the week before. Away seven, home 12, and away 17. So there's no clear statistical data with CBIs. And I mean, even recoveries are all over the board. Um, looks like the home recoveries are actually just a little bit higher by one. Um, but I've heard a lot of people saying that it is a smaller field. So, you know, bonus point potential could be bigger. Um, that's what some people have said on our, on, um, the MLS fantasy bot chat, uh, boss chat room. Um, I just like him because he, uh, seems like a good player, you know, 10% ownership, not too much, but, you know, I think he's a solid option as a, um, as a center back, but yeah, I mean, really, uh, I, yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so our next question is, is this the time to not consider, not consider captaining a double game week player? Uh, no, I think that's that's a pretty straightforward answer for that. If you look at the performance this week, the double game week players did well, not the ones that we expected, but the overall highest point getter was Kamara with 16. And then four players, I think, were tied with 13 points, which was second highest, including two Columbus players, Maram, Maram, Holla, and and Clark. And then you had a couple other guys coming in there right below with I think elevens or tens. So they they did very well. So I I am not swayed from captaining a double game week player at all after the performance of last week. Maybe not a Vancouver double game week player, but but not in general. Yeah, I'm with Reed on this one. No, 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 no. Captain a double game week player. You know why? They got double the opportunity to earn points. It's fantasy, you know, it can go any way. If you have, like, the best read possible on a single game week player that you think there is no way that they're not going to put up insane points, I mean, I guess you could go for it. But fantasy is all a game about stats and probability. And it's pretty simple that when you got double the chance for points, you're more likely to score more points. A third... Exactly what you guys just said. I agree 100%. And if, 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 and if, and if David Villa is going to play both games, put a captain armband on him, taking PKs, taking set pieces, and he's probably going to score a goal. So uh, the next question is from Rolling Carey Is uh, Axel Hoberg considered a starter at this point, or are Burling and Harrington above him on the depth chart? Um, I mean, I think uh, Axel is a great bench option for them, but the fact that Moore is back, um, Harrington plays more of a, I believe, left back or right back, and Burling is a is a sub for them. Um, 
the only person I would personally touch in that defense would be Drew Moore, which I think is a good shout too um, for an Oparo substitution. But um, I think I think uh, Axel could be you know a super sub for them. But what team really brings in a center back as a sub? So I would stay away from that personally. Yeah, I, I think we need to add O'Brien to that list as well because he's he's one of those guys in the rotation there at center. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see Axel being a main starter for them. I'm hoping Burling keeps a position because he's a little cheap guy that I have right now. But uh, no, I I, I would uh, I guess he's third or fourth if you want to say more O'Brien, Burling, Hoberg, Hoberry. Yeah, I'm not the expert on this one. I kind of agree with what Jason said, though. Drew Moore is is probably the way to go if you need a Rapids defender. Um, he scores some goals, too. I like Drew Moore a lot. Drew Moore's always been a good fantasy play when he's been healthy. Hoberg scares me just in terms of the consistency. So, yeah, that's my answer there. Uh, on to the next one, guys. Yeah, okay. Uh, at kpot underscore zero seven asks, what is the effect of the Opara injury for SKC? Who gets his minutes? Um, the effect is that I feel so bad for Opara. Um, man, that's really unfortunate for him. He just was injured last year. He was looking like an amazing defender, and then he gets injured again. That is awful. And I would just like to say that I feel really bad for him and for his team. Um, in terms of the effect on the field, I'm not entirely sure who's next in their in their center back lineup. Um, I suppose Anibaba could slide over to center back, and then we might see Dia back in the lineup. But that seems like a bit of a weird projection. Um, I guess Palmer Brown could also theoretically start at center back. Um, I, I would wait a week or two to see, especially just because SKC is away to LA and then away to Houston, uh, for the next two weeks. And so maybe wait a couple weeks, see how that gets ironed out. Overall, it's probably going to make their defense a little bit weaker, make them a little bit less likely to score on set pieces, but long-term, I'm not sure, you know, maybe, maybe it opens up a cheap sporting Kansas city defender for some minutes. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I personally think that without Opara, um, Kansas City is going to lose a lot of clean sheets. He was, I mean, a huge aerial threat, a huge clearance guy, just a huge threat inside the 18 on both ends of the field. Um, and I think, you know, that's a huge downgrade for all SKC defenders. Um, I know that Kevin Ellis got subbed in as of, um, as of that game when he got injured. But, I mean, you figure you got Beasler as a center back. You got Anibaba, De Young, which he's a, a fullback, Seth Sinovic, Dia, Ellis, Palmer Brown. I mean, there's a lot of guys within the 4.4 to 6.6 range. Um, yeah, I would wait a couple weeks because I have a feeling that Peter Vermes is going to do a lot of rotation to see what works best for them. Yeah, it's, it's tough. They're definitely going to suffer not having him. What I think we'll see is uh, I know Sinovic and DeYoung and have kind of been going back and forth for seeing who's going to be playing that that wing position. Uh, I I could see maybe 
moving some one of those guys into a center position and kind of going with that that four man experienced back line of uh, Beezer de Jong, Sinovic, and uh, Aniba. I don't I don't think Dia had a fantastic performance when he first came in. I think Palmer Brown's still a little a little young. Uh, I think it was Ellis, if if mine serves right, that came in to play center back when when Beasler had the red. So he he might be your option right there too. That's that's another idea. So you could keep an eye on on Ellis at 6.0. That's a pretty pretty good pickup if if he does slot in. He did pretty well. So that would probably be my first gut instinct is Ellis would come in if they go a straight swap. Our next question from Kekaboy. I hope I said that right. It's kind of fun. What do you think about using our wild card this week to maximize our double game week players? I say wait till round nine um, because that's when most of the double game week prep is really going to happen because that's when the big run up was this one, two, three, four, five, six double game weeks in a row start before the uh, free wild card that we get at the end of of another little round of friendlies going into the, the gold cup. So I say, don't do it yet. Wait until either round nine, maybe even round 10, because you have a Colorado and New York Red Bulls that you can plan for, for the next couple of, of weeks right now. So maybe game week 10 is when you'd use your wild card to really start taking advantage of four teams and six teams that are going to be coming up for, for playing double games at the same time. Um, I would say I don't want to don't use your wild card yet. These guys, these double game weeks are not the best you can get. Just bring in a couple of New York players and you'll be fine. Yeah, for me, um, I'm personally going to probably use it game week 10 to set myself up for that quad double game week and then a couple double game weeks after. But if your team is in shambles, you know, and you feel like you need to use it, go ahead and use it. I'm personally going to probably take a negative eight this week. Um, but I'm setting myself up for this double game week and then the double game week nine. So, you know, that's okay. And I, I know, I believe last podcast we discussed, you know, what the limit you think would be for taking a negative hit. And I think we all agreed on what a negative 12 is like the maximum we would take. Yeah, that's really hard for me to stomach though, but that would probably, that would probably be it. Yeah, that's about it for me. Maybe even negative 16, but that's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, struggling. I'm, str- I'm struggling with an eight. It's all about the ROI, so... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm str- I'm struggling with my negative eight, but I'm hoping that that Saunders and uh, David Villa can pick it up for me. Excellent. Well, our final question today comes from Thinkamax, and he says... or. It says, I don't know. Uh, who are your ideal switcheroo candidates for this week? And I am sorry because I was going to look at the schedule and I totally forgot trying to get ready. So if one of you guys wants to jump in ahead of me, then go ahead. I can do that. Uh, I think like Rivero and Baji might be an interesting one. Uh, looks like the timing of those games works out okay. Just you never know. They're both forwards that... You know, we'll pretty much have low scores if they don't score a goal. So that, I guess, mitigates some risk. It's kind of one one area that I might be willing to do. I don't usually do a switcheroo just because I'm not always around for the games. I don't really know why. I should probably be doing that more. It's kind of giving away free points. <laughs> but, yeah, I like Baji and Rivero for a switcheroo this week. I, I personally uh, don't like the switcheroo idea. I've been against it since game week one. I don't know. To me, it just kind of 
I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's kind of a cheap way to bring in players. I mean, if you look at any fantasy game across the board, uh, hold on. Let me stand on my soapbox real quick before I start. Um, but uh, I personally hate it. I think that, you know, fa- every fantasy game across the board is you put in a player and once the game starts, he's stuck. I don't like the idea of being able to switch players around and do all that stuff. So I'm against it. Don't be a cheater. So would you call the switcheroo the diving equivalent in fantasy as to MLS? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just – I don't see the point in having it in any fantasy game. It just, I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, fantasy premier league, I know, I know there's a much bigger audience to that, but there's 3 million players in there, but you set a lineup, boom, it's set. You're good to go. It's locked done. I mean, uh, I just don't like it. Well, I am a fan and uh, if you guys didn't know, this question really came from an article this week written on MLSsoccer.com. I think it was by Andrew Winner explaining more about the switcheroo. And it's it's a really great advanced bench management strategy that I, I feel people should take take advantage of. I know I've been doing it for the last three seasons. So it can really, really help you figure some things out. The key to the switcheroo, though, to get back to the question, is you want to have a player who's playing early in the week and then a player who's playing later in the week that you can sort of hedge your bets to see who's going to score. Uh, myself, I, I still have a couple of people on my team who are no longer available in the game. They've been traded out or injured. And so I use those in my starting lineup to basically guarantee me someone who's not going to play. So I'm going to have an auto sub at least coming off my bench for this round. I would uh, take a look at uh, Colorado is one of those early players. If you want to take a maybe a gamble on powers, or if you want to maybe hope that Baji maybe gets another goal, or if you want to maybe roll the dice on a Columbus player, if you don't want to swap them all out, maybe a Maram or even Kai Kamara again and see what you're going to do. You can make them your first bench person just to see how they're going to do. And um, then the second player, I would look a little bit further down maybe one of the New England players, maybe see if one of their defenders, maybe Tyranny might play again, see if he could get you some points or a clean sheet against uh, Philadelphia, maybe even take a risk on one of those sporting Kansas City players, but I would hate that to happen against LA since they're playing away to LA. There could probably be some goals there. Or you may take a risk with a, uh, a Perales or a Joralis with, with that big Morales versus Morales game of RSL versus Vancouver. So, uh, But I would probably have a... Dallas player, or not Dallas player, a Columbus player, not a Columbus player. I'm looking at the schedule right here. Just going down the list. A Colorado player and a New England player as, as two good switcheroo people for this week. And that wraps up our questions. So let's get to some league updates, uh, starting with the MLS FI host head-to-head review. The mighty have fallen, and he's not here, and I think he's scared. He said it's because he got a new boss, but I think he's just scared. I beat Travis by a big three points, which makes my loss by nine points to Andrew Weeby totally worth it. But Travis is now one loss on his year. So that was great. And then I think Simon has some good news. You know who finally has a win? Team Sir Meowly. I, I seem to have managed to beat Scott, the fire fanbulance, by a whopping three points to pick up my first win of the season. I'm up to one and five. And I warned you all that the comeback was going to be starting. Watch out. 
the cat is woken out up for the, the nap or something like that. The cat's out of the bag. You missed it. That was great. Is your cat's name Rudy? You should just change your team to that. I Rudy. Yeah, Rudy. I don't get the reference, but Rudy. I feel like I should. You don't get the reference. Oh. Uh, uh, Wasn't Rudy a football player for Notre Dame? Yeah. Moving on. Top scores for round what round are we in? Top scores for round six in the R slash fantasy MLS league. This week it goes to Jimmy Chapman, who is the manager of Ibrahimovic. It's okay. That's an okay. But 98 points. Nice. Very nice. I think the highest was 106. So you did very well, Jimmy. Good job. Keep it up. And then as always, funny team names. I had this one sent to me through chat on MLS fantasy boss. Uh, it was Kaka's taking a deuce. And that was Mark uh, Gershwin. Gershwind, Geshwind, sorry, Smarks team. Uh, then we have that I liked. You got a question? Clever. I enjoyed it. Christopher Sealand. And then this was in honor of Simon and his and his big win. Crew Cats Litter Box. Crew Cats Litter Box. I thought you would like that, Simon. Andrew McPeak. So very well. Did you guys see anything you liked this week by chance? I haven't seen anything. To be honest with you. Anything. Well, keep them coming. I enjoy the team names, especially if they're cat-related. I know Simon likes them. Yeah, I love cat-related names. That one's a little bit... I don't know. It's pretty good. It's kind of scary, though. Yeah. I don't know why I find it scary, but it's mildly scary. It's a good name. I think that that strikes fear into the heart of your opponents. Uh, a litter box. You never know what you're going to get, I guess. That's Props to Andrew for that one. That's... Yeah, that takes that takes some uh, some nerve. So I like it. You should be in my... <laughs> special cat mls fantasy league although i think it's closed because it's head to head but next year thanks for making an open one well that is all that we have for this episode of mls fantasy insider do you guys have any final comments or plugs you'd like to have no i don't think i have any i might soon but but not now you never know yeah i, I, I failed you all on my um punts this week but no fear i will be back this week with some better ones that's the beauty of a punt, though. If if it doesn't work, then you're you can just say, "Oh, we know it was a long shot." Exactly. I mean, and and I got to give props to you, Reed. Your uh, Marin pick uh, was fantastic. So great job with that. Well, you know, you throw enough darts, and every now and then you're going to pop a balloon. Uh, for myself, just as always, uh, please check out MLS Fantasy Boss. There's the live chat where you can really talk with some great people beforehand. I know a couple of past uh, overall champions have spend some time in there i dabble in there and so does this jason as well simon every now and then shows up but there's some great stuff going on there the charts and uh, the reddit subreddit r slash fantasy mls great resources to use be sure to check out fantasy viz which is jason jaywoo's website and uh, check out travis's articles that he posts on mlssoccer.com and at total mls so you can check those out i of course will have some picks this week and that's all, I think. Yeah, thanks everyone for joining and good luck this week with your teams.